Welcome to Relationship. I'm Stacy. My name is Ohan. It's 1950, and I don't want to vote. I'm too lazy. It doesn't sound like 1950. Maybe uh, 1930 or 20. 1930s or 20s. I just got the right to vote 10 years ago, but I just I don't feel like it. Did they have radio in the 20s? They did, right? Yeah. That, that was invented way before that. Really? Way before that? Yeah. I mean, like, they had to use it in World War One. When was that? Honestly, like does anybody even know? Thirties, twenties? No, nineteen ten. Oh, okay. no, I'm no, not sure. That's not true at oh, all. We sound so but you're not born in America. You know what it is? You're not born in America. No, no. I'll tell you what this is. This is an acute uh, ADD towards things you're that acute. interest to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so super sweet. Um, Oha, how's your week been? You know, it's been really good. I've had a lot of free time that I didn't have for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's been very interesting. I um, I don't really know what to do a lot with free time. I get anxious that I'm not working a ton. So I try to fill my time with... Well, you do have a job. I do. Well, yeah. I work but you mean doing creative things. I mean creative things, yeah. Yeah. Are you not doing anything right now? We're doing stuff. Yeah, I mean... I'm writing a couple things. I'm writing this, uh, like, kind of a series uh, about uh, alcohol consumption. I just posted this thing on my Facebook page, kind of saying how much I drank and asking other people questions about how much they drank. And it's sort of, like, just a lot of responses. And then uh, somebody approached me about doing uh, kind of a recorded series specifically. It's going to be called The Hard Stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Uh, people sharing stories about alcohol and about uh, not necessarily like their relationship to alcohol, but anecdotes that kind of mm-hmm. highlight that. And uh, yeah, so I've just been working on writing stuff about alcohol. Okay, that sounds depressing. No, it's not about, it's like non judgmental of, of alcohol. It's not just going to be like, ah, drinking ruined my life. Yeah. Like, uh- we have somebody who uh, submitted a, a voice memo about it um, that uh, basically he was like a very shy person and uh, just figured out that while he was drinking alcohol, he could like socialize a, m- a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then those two worlds kind of merged and he became way less shy because he just kind of figured out how to do it. Um, I mean, like, uh, uh, one of the episodes is probably going to be, like, me interviewing somebody who's 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 about how they see alcohol, like, what their um, what their ideas about what alcohol is, maybe misconceptions, that kind of thing. But I love the idea of just interviewing children for what they think adult things are. Like, a 3-year-old, yeah. what do you think a dildo does? A dildo. Something like that. They're like, a cuckoo clock comes yeah. out of it, and then I put it in my mouth. <laughs> but they don't know. They put everything in their mouth. They though. do. They're like, what's Oral this piece of paper? They're like, I'll eat it. <laughs> Kids are so dumb, honestly. Don't have them. Don't. Um, okay. Well, uh, me. You want to yes, know about me? I want to know all about you. Um, it's been kind of down, like a little depressing. I did this thing last night, a family thing. I told you I had that. Yes. It was the 10-year anniversary of my cousin, Ryan Miller. He died in the war. So he died in Iraq in 2006, September 14th. So 
last night, or this weekend, really, has been a 10-year reunion. All of these guys, I don't know what they're called. Look, I know they're Marines, but it's like their company or their battalion or something. I just know it's like Lima 3-3 is what they're called. That's like their little club name or something. People shout out. Yeah, they're not listening. No. Um, and so they have not, most of them are not enlisted anymore, and they haven't seen each other since the war. And I, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but when somebody dies from your company or whatever, your little group, it's like very, it affects them a lot. They come back from war. Everybody knows people come back from war like real fucked up, you know, um, PTSD, things like that. And they like feel a lot of guilt because Ryan died. And then my family obviously has been dealing with Ryan's death for 10 years now. Um, so it was like the first time guys have come to visit us before, but this was the first time they all got together. And then how was, how old exactly was your cousin? He was 19 when he died. Okay. Yeah. It was just like a, a little bit less than a month before his birthday. Cause his birthday is October 9th. So he was almost 20 and he was about three days from coming home. And like last night I met the guy who decided to like, let's take this road. They were doing like, um, I don't know, a surveillance walk or something. And an IED exploded right, that Ryan walked over. And this one guy who was like, let's go this way. He decided to go down this road. That killed Ryan. He's lived with that. He's like real intense. He's crazy looking. Like the biggest dude I've ever seen. Um, probably didn't look like that back then. But just yeah. has like done nothing but pump iron to like take the pain away or something. Um, you know, that's one of the things you can do. Pump the iron. That may be a little bit healthier than the a other A lot ones. of guys were just drunk off their face the whole time. Uh, a lot of guys were crying a lot, you know. What a burden. <coughs> what a fucking... To have that, yeah. Yeah, and to, and to do it for, for what they feel is everybody else. You know what I mean? Because it's like a... For some people, going to the military, maybe like they feel a duty because their parents went mm-hmm. or there's a sto- like a history of it. For other people, maybe they're impoverished. Other people, you know, they just join because it's a job. Mm-hmm. But they carry that burden for everybody else in a lot of ways. Because to even serve. if you disagree, yeah, yeah, even if you disagree with the war, um, there's still people out there who are doing what they think is best for you and, and your family. It's a, it's a strange... Oh, they definitely feel. There was like some speakers there. This really cool guy, he was a colonel in the army, um, but he's friends with the family. Um, his name's Joe Stepp, and he, the highest ranking person in the room out of all of these people, and there was a lot of people, um, 60-something plus people in that room, and uh, he's the highest ranking. He was talking about the duty you feel to, like, serve, um, to protect, like, any enemy of the United States is like an enemy of yours. That's just not something I've ever really thought of, even though I come from a military family, but to hear them talk about it, it was inspiring. I'm somebody who's against the war, you know, and I always was told Ryan that from the moment he signed up. Um, But all of these guys in the room signed up after 9-11. Yeah. So it was just a long time ago, but it was really a night. I cried a lot. It was like real stupid to cry that much, but um, so I didn't want to talk to a lot of them. I didn't have any interest in speaking to them, but some of them would talk to people. Um, yeah. Got to go up and give some prizes away, so that was pretty funny, you know. You give a prizes at a 10-year Told funeral. a couple jokes. Oh, yeah, they did, like, a raffle for the... Oh. They had, like, a lot of donated gifts oh, and gotcha. stuff for okay, people. Cool. Um, Do you think it's, it's interesting to me just to kind of, like, slide into uh, what the podcast is about more is that there's this like manness or there's this like uh, 
a masculinity here in America. I'm not going to call it. Mm -hmm. It's probably elsewhere as well. Of course it is. But um, like this sense of in order to be strong and to do the thing that is right for the country, it's like this very physical, like go out and and kind of fight this thing. Um, I wonder if it's like, well, it's mostly men have done it for the entire, you know, history of the country. So it's interesting to me um, that they're coming back and they're just fucked up and that the majority of, there's just hundreds of thousands of men going through that, you know? Um, Yeah, well, all of these guys, some of the guys are like... Women, of course. Well, yeah, my sister was a Marine and she was definitely messed up from it. Um, They... A lot of these guys, you cannot tell. Like, they're handsome. They're clean-shaven. They look really good. They're fashionable. Some of the guys look like war vets. Yeah. You know? But the other ones, you do think about, like, we are interacting with people every day that you would have never known, like, served, saw some fucked-up shit, and they're different for it. Yeah. These guys are talking a lot about mental health. So there was somebody there. There's this, like, group of people that go around and offer free services to people vets that have served that um you know for like mental health things so i think the younger guys are more open to getting help i don't know some of the wives there they they seem happy they do get married really young in the military and i think that comes from that sense of like i could die could you imagine signing up for something and just being like i could die doing this and then people do ryan did yeah i don't i've never had that inclination to be in that line of work and I think it's it's it maybe uh, it's not that I don't have like some more noble purposes in my mm-hmm. life, but there's definitely a like a inherent and very happy with a kind of selfishness in terms of what I want to be doing with my life. Yeah, definitely seeing all those guys, I'm like, I'm not. That's I not who I am. I don't yeah. give enough for <laughs> that. Um, Ryan did die a virgin. So speaking oh. of podcasting, he was really cool. Everybody in this room would have freaking loved Ryan. He was so funny, goofy. Um, he was like my close to being a black sheep cousin, but raised like a brother. We lived together growing up. Um, and so he was the closest to being like a weirdo too. Um, but did die a virgin. That was so sad. Unless in between basic training and going off that he had sex in Hawaii. No, I actually have heard just from people that if you go to heaven, there's a lot of virgins too. Well, hopefully. Waiting. There. I think it's like 14 or 16 that you get allotted to you. I think um, that's Muslim. Get up, what? I think I do think it's Muslim. Oh, okay. And a little Muslim kid killed him. I don't know if it's like he gets his lot. Yeah, because that so. guy did it. I don't know. Yeah, a little so. Saudi kid killed him. Thanks a lot, dude. Um. Well, yeah. So that was just really emotionally exhausting for me to yeah. be there. I didn't think it was, but I was real. Um, just a little sad sack. But, but you I, said that there was a hot, a lot of like a lot of hot dudes. There around, was a lot so, of hot dudes. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I'm fine with my little nugget I have, but they were some, you know, grade A beef there. So, ooh, raw. <laughs> you know? Um, nobody hit on me, though, so they're probably all gay. Yeah. Not that's that how I feel tell. about anybody that's not in love with me. That's something I used to say growing up. My sister taught me that. Her and her friends are older, and so they would be like, any guy who doesn't like you is gay. <laughs> Like, they mean really gay, not like stupid gay, like yeah. the, the slur word. They're <laughs> just like, he's actually homosexual. homosexual and just doesn't prefer you. Um, and that's a nice way of Man, looking at things. Yeah, that's a good way of, like, navigating the world. It's not real, but it does make you feel good. <laughs> it does make you feel good. Um, okay, so I think we're good. Um, 
I think I'm excited about today. Are I'm you? I'm very excited as well. Our boss is here, essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big boss lady's here. Um, so I'll introduce her like official because she deserves it. She's official, like. Official. Yeah. Um, what is that little? Oh, we ha- we talked about it during Catherine's episode. The, the the guy who like announces the king and the queen before uh-huh. they like oh, walk what are down they the stairs. Conf- con- confit. No, that's confit an oil is like based a cooking. Technique. Yeah, I think it's like de confit. Brenda confit. Brenda confit. Um, Denouncer. So Brenda Valdivia. Um, she is an improviser and storyteller. She created the new Houston-based. Um, podcast network mockingbird network which we're on Woo. Woo. It's um, like a label with like family friends we are on a you. label and everybody should check out mockingbirdnetwork.com in all the podcasts it's so legit i was just at brunch telling everybody about it um and they were all excited about it uh so we're lucky to be on that with her and brenda also is into the world of kink she uh took a class on human sexuality she'll tell us about it mm-hmm. but she's into kink which means this girl's a freak in the sheets and a lady in the streets. Oh. It's just the same. I've um, never heard that before. Everyone, welcome Brenda. What's up? What's up, Brenda? <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, one, I had no idea I was your boss, so that's new. Well, you know, we just want, like, <laughs> we like authority. And yeah. so if something goes wrong, we'll be like, oh, well, our boss didn't tell us that. Yeah. But if something goes right, we'll take full credit. Oh, let's see. Yeah, that seems about the majority boss, of my life yeah. so boss far. Boss equals a scapegoat. Yeah, you're our scapegoat. Yeah, that seems about right. If um, something goes wrong, you can blame us too. Yeah, for okay. you, but not for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Brenda, thank you for letting us be on your network. And well, thanks for having me on your show us. and joining my network. It's really exciting. I, I spent um, I spent a year just uh, talking to people about podcast because I wanted to do one and I realized the logistics for it for it were so complicated. Mm-hmm. I wanted a band, I wanted this, I wanted like video, I wanted people to dress up, I wanted all this equipment <laughs> and I was like this this oh, is that's so tiring already. Yeah, like I was like I just thinking about it was like <sighs> and um and I realized I just at the core I wanted a podcast. So um I told a friend about about it and uh he said yeah, I want one too. And then I started going to other people and just having the same conversation. And there was a basically the same reaction. Oh, I, I wish I could do one. I wish I had a space to do it. I had I wish I had the equipment, the know-how. And I just spent a year going, well, somebody should do this. <laughs> and it was just like, who's going to do this? And nobody said anything. I was like, oh, I me. It's going to be yellow. I love the idea of like a dirty microwave and the, every employee just walks into the office and is like, oh, Someone you know should clean I this. I have to clean this. Someone should clean this. Somebody should clean this. Somebody should really clean oh up Oh, my mess. God. And I would totally be the one to clean the microwave. You would? I would. I'm such a, like, no, I don't I'd know if it's a push like, or anything, clean it. but I hate a dirty office. My apartment could look like fucking hell, but if I walk into a dirty office, I, I'm so pissed. Really? I have to clean other people's houses. You know, I think it was because my mom was also a housekeeper. Yeah, you're like a front-facing clean person, yeah. like me. You're like, from your apartment walls out, you seem like a super clean freak. And then uh, No. Okay. And then <laughs> that's, sure. Okay, I'm projecting. Is your house not clean? It's clean. Like I've been I, there once. It was clean. It's clean, but it's also like messy. My bedroom always looks like a laundry basket exploded. Yeah. There's like makeup all over. And I have drawers and spaces for everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't. 
I, just I have don't. one girlfriend, Grace Goodson. So a little shout out for her. The most beautiful girl on the planet, inside and out. And her house is the cleanest house I've ever been in. You could do a pop-in, which is really rude, and you should never do that. But say we just went over there right now, knocked on the door. Hey, just was in the neighborhood. Her house would be spotless. Oh. There w- probably wouldn't even be a dish in the sink. That's the worst. Unless That's she had just got done making some like homemade tonic or something, <laughs> which she does shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I lived with a roommate who um, her name is Jenny and um, she lives in a beautiful house with her German professor husband and she had beautiful dogs and um, it was always clean. Like she was and she didn't have a housekeeper or anything. Like, it was just clean. Witchcraft. Yeah, and I was her roommate, and I still didn't know how she did it. I really didn't. So it was always clean when you lived with her? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't understand either. I have a house uh, cleaner, so she just came, by the way. Oh. Um, (laughs) And... I was going to say, it was like, this place looks great. I don't know what you're talking about. I think my house is clean, but it's cluttery. There's books. There's, like, a water jug there. Well, there is that difference. It makes me really nervous to walk into somebody's house that's so obviously um, curated. curated. It's not real. It's all this fabricated idea of what a house should look like. Mm-hmm. Those people, I always think, like, in the back of my head, it's like, you're a, a fucking serial killer. No, but that, so that's Grace. Grace's house is, like, could be in a magazine. It's so beautiful. The art is so Minimal, perfect. Minimal. Million. Oh, so beautiful. But, but very Montrose. She has a house in Montrose. Mm-hmm. Like, very Montrose-y, but perfectly curated. And she is, like, a dynamic personality. She is one of the most kindest, <laughs> funniest, uh, genuine Isn't people it crazy? I've ever met in yeah. my life. So, I, it's a disconnect there. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you when you look at her house? Like, where's your junk? Yeah. <laughs> but she honestly is like, I don't need it. I don't know. And I honestly think she has like six shirts and six pants, but yet she always wears something different. But That's her closet like, is like minimal. Yeah. That I, I've seen houses like that. I used to work for an d- interior design company and I would go into these people's houses and they, they look lived in. But there was one house I went to just to pick up some. Uh, no, I think it was just dropping off uh, some like tile samples or something. Oh, and I walked samples. in and it's just perfect, but like unnaturally perfect. Mm-hmm. Like hotel yeah. magazine. Like perfect. there's no way you made this bed. No human being made this A bed. Machine yeah. Made it. Yeah. yeah, it was just like th- like I felt so uncomfortable because I was terrified I was gonna scuff something no. or like ruffle a feather. What kind of house did you grow up in? What was it like? What what did your parents decorate oh. or? Uh, well, my mom's Mexican, okay. so everything was like covered in kitsch, like a lot of dollar store, dime store kitsch, like a lot of uh, children crying in a corner. Uh, paintings the artwork with, ch- with like a dog next to her and she's like Mwah. yeah that's I, the one everybody's I mom that. had that it looks like my cousin Megan and her dog Digit so everybody in my family has a copy of it <laughs> <laughs> my mom had that and like pictures of sailboats with bears in it yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> I thought you meant Mexican kitsch like, um, like no it was kind fools, of the like boat. fools rush in when yeah. she does the house it's like Mexican kitsch everywhere which is gorgeous well my mom is uh, also a Jehovah Witness so like there's a lot of like held 
back Mexicanness. Like, there's a lot of Mexican music playing, but it was also a very quiet house. Um, and there was stuff everywhere because she would work insane hours. She worked like 16 hours a day running a corner store. Um, so it was like her coming in, cleaning the house, going to sleep at two in the morning, waking up at seven, going to work. Like that was her life. So anywhere we went to go buy supplies for the store, if they just happened to sell like a dish that had a photo of a JFK on it or something like that, she would just buy it and just shove it in a curio. Yeah. And now there's like my, my mother's house is just full of stuff that does not belong together. But I kind of like it that way. Are your parents together? No, they've been divorced. Happily divorced. Really? (laughs) That's good. Do you have siblings? I have three older brothers and a half brother younger than me and a stepsister. Are they Jeho still? No, no, no. My mother's the only person who's a Jehovah Witness. Like she converted I think 2 years before I was born. So just in time for my s- the brother was born before me. Uh-huh. Um him and I like mm-hmm. basically had shitty birthday less childhoods because yeah. <laughs> she was born just in time for all of that Wait. or that I was born just in time for that but that means you grew up J-Ho yeah before you had a choice yeah my parents were separated pretty early so my father lived like a very macho drinking hard partying Mexican man um and that didn't sit well because my mother's always been very like uh, morally driven, ethically driven, um, and she, you know she the way she grew up was pretty harsh. She grew up in the middle of a desert in Mexico. She only had a third grade education, but she was in, she's insanely smart and ambitious. Um, so between my dad being like, I'm never gonna work for anybody but myself, and my mom knowing how to like scrimp and save and and know how to work the system. They started opening a, a convenience store that turned into a taqueria and a corner store. And then they bought another grocery store. And then when my parents divorced, my dad turned one of the, the grocery stores that he owned into a building supply company. And both my parents ended up buying a bunch of property in the barrio. So, like, everybody knew who my parents were. Which was fun in one way, but it was also, like, exhausting in another. Because it meant, like, I couldn't be myself because everybody would talk gossip to my mother about it. And because she's so ethically and morally driven Jehovah Witness, which is uh, bor- uh, the most boring religious religion on the yeah. planet. It is insanely boring. It doesn't even have, like, planets and stuff, like Mormons. Yeah. It's just no, it has, like, the apocalypse. It has the apocalypse, and that's, I guess, the yeah, most metal Prince. thing about it. But and Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, Prince, a couple yeah, other no, people. J-Ho. J-Ho. Yep. Yeah. Selena. Selena. Selena was j Ho. Yeah, that's kind of why that she... we've only mentioned dead people. Like, we don't know any live... Well, you really... I know people that are out of the religion, but not yeah. still in. Yeah. Um, did, are you out about your lifestyle to your mom now? Um, what do you mean? Like comedian wise? She knows I'm a comedian. Sure. I mean, just that you talk about, um, 
maybe more sexual stuff? No, no, I never. No, no, no. As she far as my any shows, far as any of my family knows, I uh, as soon as I leave the house, I go into a closet and sleep. Yeah, just nothing. I don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like w- me and my brothers, um, we're not close like i've i've always been kind of the the black sheep of the family mm-hmm. um and my brothers are all very conservative and very like men do this women do that and i became a feminist pretty pretty young um so i was constantly fighting against like gender roles and you know what men should do what women should do and uh and also like i learned to live a dual life just mm-hmm. because I could show different aspects of my personality to my dad, uh, not to my mom, and vice versa. So because of that, I learned kind of to split my life in half. Um, and it's probably not the healthiest way to live, but I now that I live on my own, I have a much healthier relationship with both my parents because I can talk to them and know, you know, I don't really... Uh, I don't think they even know if I've ever dated anyone. Really? Yeah. No, I don't talk to them about shit. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Oh, mm, 19. Okay. So you were still in the house? Yes. How did you fuck with your religious parents around? Uh, well, I was in a long-distance relationship for a long time. So in hotels. Wow, that's fancy sex. Yeah, like At I 19 lost... 19 in a hotel? Yes. Yeah. I lost my virginity... <laughs> God, I lost my virginity at the University of Houston, um, Hilton. (laughs) It was like prom, but just delayed by a couple of years. Uh, It was a nice bed, very romantic. He was he was a total sweetheart. Uh, We were together a long time. Didn't work out. Uh, I wish him the best away from me. And. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So for a long, t- I pretty much learned how to be a sex camel. I could go through like long periods of time without sex mm-hmm. and then have like a lot of sex in a week and then I repeat the cycle. Do you still do that? Are you a sex camel? Oh my God. I think I am. <laughs> I really do. Because Is that, how long ago have you had sex? It's been, oh, it's been six months at least. Okay. And six, six months ago, do you have like a shit ton and then you're like, I'm good now? Yeah. Okay. Do you have, w- will you have like a one night stand? Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Okay. Like I'm, I, I'm not attracted to a lot of people. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Like I am so picky about who I'm with mm-hmm. that if I'm just not attracted to you, I'm not attracted to you. What are you attracted to? Uh, let's see. Well, I like, you gotta be funny. You just, you gotta, you can't be boring. You can't talk about nothing. You have to be an excellent conversationalist. For me, that like the two things. And I know a lot of women say like he has to be funny, he has to have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But for me, that trumps everything. Um, there was this guy I was completely in love with, and he weighed maybe a hundred and twenty pounds. He was like thin hair, like barely any like facial hair, kind of sickly looking. Heavy glasses, <laughs> terrible posture, chain smoker, and I love the fuck out of him. And if he walked into that door now, like, I would um, probably just like, oh, it's been a long, don't, 
<laughs> I would Ooh, just you would just be Twitter painted right away. Oh. Yeah, like even talking about it would kind of like mess me up a Sounds bit. Sounds good for me. You're yeah, back. it's um, it's just there's something about well spoken and intelligent and pe- I just if you if you're interesting and a little weird, I'm a little interested and I'm also like uh-huh. so happy you're weird. Are you so I say this all the time. I don't like attractive guys because I'd rather have a funny dude. And I just feel like funny dudes. I have like fuck some attractive guys. Do but you think that the attractive guys can necessarily be funny? You think it's less likely? I've met very few. Yeah. Uh traditionally attractive. There's other people that you see they're like, "Oh, he's cute." Like I think Zod is cute. Uh, yeah. And he's funny, but I don't think that he's just like like by every girl um so like you know like that bro attractive I, i've never, I, just never been into that i'm not into bros because I'm i don't think that they're gonna be funny i love here's the thing about bros they are the best hosts they <laughs> if you show up to their house they have beer ready for you yeah. they have music ready for you there's a huge chance there's a pool if you go camping <laughs> with them, if you go camping with them, they have tents and uh-huh. shit. I went to the Renaissance Fair, and just by accident, I stumbled across a bro camp, and they had everything tricked out. And they just, they're like, hey, hey man, you want to, like, you smoke it up with us? And I was like, yeah. All this is the most amazing. <laughs> like, I like bros as people. Well I'm fine with them. Is, yeah. A bro will lift some shit, and they will think nothing of it. Yeah, and yeah. they're excited to do it because they can't wait to lift it in front of you. Yeah, in front okay. of you. Last also, night, they love to install things. They could do anything. Last night, cleaning up that party, it was supposed to be just like family cleaning it up. All the dudes just like everybody grab something. <laughs> it was out in one second. Marines go. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like information. Shut. Yeah. Yeah, they're um, so excited, so excited. But so no, I would never fuck a bro. But you're fucking like, are you looking for a relationship? I think so. I think I've, I've reached that part of my life. I'm I'm very independent. I like going to parties and places mm-hmm. on my own. You do that a lot, and I fucking admire that. It never feels <laughs> weird when I've seen you come to a comedy show, and you don't roll up with six people. I can't. I want to leave when I want to leave. Yeah. I want to show up when I want to show up. It, it, there's so much pressure to make sure everybody is happy to mm-hmm. go somewhere. I, it, uh, uh, it's just me being introverted and lazy. That's honestly all it is. Because I'm just like, if I show up when I show up, uh, I know everybody there. Uh-huh. And I'll have a good time. And then I'll leave. No, you're so brave. I'm just like, even if I know everybody there, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I get weird. All right, where's that scraggly-haired, skinny dude now? Oh, I haven't spoken to him in like... It's been years and years. Like, he was one of those young love kind of dudes. Mm-hmm. I met him w- in high school, and we, we like, stayed connected uh, throughout some years in college. But, like, after college, we, we never really spoke. I definitely got really weird at the end. I didn't know what I want. I did not know what I wanted. And when I knew what I wanted, I was too freaked out by the emotions of what I wanted that it, like, overwhelmed any sense of logic mm-hmm. and at that time that's when I started taking classes because I wanted to be a psychologist at first I, I was looking into being uh, an art therapist um, for oddly enough soldiers because oh. a lot of them they don't they're taught not to communicate their feelings but if you can give people 
um, some artwork or charcoal, clay, something, and they just beat the hell out of it, and they talk about the artwork itself instead of themselves, it gives them a, a space to remove themselves from the emotion and gives them more of an avenue to talk about their feelings. So that interests me a lot, and um, my first love was always the arts, so uh, fine arts. So from there... Uh, I was told by a friend of mine to go take a human sexuality class. And I was like, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I was the biggest dork on the planet. So I learned about sex a little bit from school because they give you the whole fear sex education. Here's what STDs look like on a projector. Um, And then I went to my local library and started reading books by Dr. Ruth and all these other, like, everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask. And I was like, I am afraid to ask. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and uh, I read all these books. So I was like, okay, I feel like I know kind of what's up. Um, so I, I took the class, and this professor, uh, I don't want to say the name because there's so many things happening in the story. Uh, she just was funny and interesting, and she also uh, had all these guest speakers come in. And one of them was um, a dominatrix and her gimp. They came in and they, mm-hmm. it was really fun because the guy, he came in with a, just his little cardigan and looked like an average, normal, 35-year-old looking man. And um, they just talked about how he was like had no desire to do anything without her approval. And I was like, this shit is weird. And I want to know more. Why would anybody put themselves in this position? Ever. Because the, the way I grew up, it was so divisive. And we didn't talk about our feelings. So I kind of understood that desire to like have a space where you can let your freak flag fr- fly and have total approval from a human being to do so and permission to do so. Um... But also, it's like, that's so dangerous. Like, it's incredibly dangerous to do anything kinky because you can seriously get hurt. You can get blackmailed. You can get lied to. You can get betrayed. You can get kidnapped. And God forbid if you talk to, if something does happen and you try to seek help from an authority figure like the police or anything like that, they'll say, well, you kind of brought it on yourself. Definitely. I I do see that bit of harm, but aside from, like, the danger of what can happen, it is interesting to me the excitement of it, Mm -hmm. of what people are into, like that guy, you hearing the gimp speak. Um, Very interesting to me about somebody who that sexually excites. I want to know more about that person inside. I want to meet one of those people. I have never met somebody who has expressed that. Outside of that guy at your classroom, have you ever met somebody who's like a sub that loves it? Well, when I was, um, when I took that class, I was invited to do case studies and then talk to people who were experienced in that arena. So I ended up having a meeting and an interview with the dominatrix. Her name was Madame Rose. And uh, Madame Rose invited me over to her insanely gorgeous house. Here's what they don't tell you. Like, these dungeons and bondage arenas, they're always, like, in these huge suburban houses. Because there's space everywhere. There's acres of property around it. There's trees, so there's a lot of privacy. You can soundproof a garage, and bam, you got yourself a dungeon. Wow. So I show up, and everything's covered in Japanese fans. 
and I'm hanging out with her. And she's very casually telling me how she got into this into the life. And she was already in her late 50s at that point. And she was doing it for over 30 years. And just very casually just having this conversation with me. And she invited me to go to this. Um, it's like a group meeting. There's a couple of them that happen in Houston. Houston has a huge kink community. Yeah. Massive. And they have meetings every week at different locations. Um, so I just went in and I just sat back and I just listened to people talk. Um, and at that point, like I was still figuring out who I was. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know. I was like, this is interesting. I don't know if any of this is for me and I'm not really sadistic and I'm, I'm definitely not a masochist, but what surprised me was it was the only place at that point where I ever went to where people were honestly talking about what they wanted and how it affected their partner and how they balanced it with their life. Mm -hmm. And that just blew my mind. So I was like, these people have a healthier sex life than I ever had. And if I'm ever going to learn how to do that, I better come back. So I, I went like five or six times just to like see the different subjects they were talking about. And some of them were about like how to choke somebody and not kill them. But a lot of them were more like my spouse is really into this. I'm not sure how I can do this without hurting her. What do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. And then they would talk about that. And then, they, but it in the end would always come back to consent and communication. So you personally, how, how kinky are you? Mm, compared to them, not. <laughs> what do you think compared to like most people? Like, I would say I'm, I don't know. That's a good question because I've I've thought about it, and I think I just have the language for how how kinky I am. Like, because I I don't feel like I'm very kinky. No, uh, I'm not sadistic. I don't like I don't like s seeing somebody in pain. Mm -hmm. I'm not masochistic. I don't want anybody physically hurting me it's like any sort of fluids that isn't sex i'm i don't want like even pee yeah oh no uh, it's not ideal i'm there's not like, like signing up for it play poop play pee there's play a lot stuff. of that if i don't my, like butt stuff i'm okay. not a butt stuff like person. not even like a finger or something no really yeah i'm why? so boring like it's com I, why just like, have you ever tried it? Uh, yes. I always just think I'm about to poop. That's honestly just how I, mean, I feel. What's the worst me. that can happen? I that poop. You poop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should try. You, you don't have, have like a butt plug for yourself. Nope. But I am, I, I am dominant, submissive. I am a switch. Okay. That's where yeah. I th I think that's where I like because there's people think it's like masochist and sadistic, which is all the pain play. But submissive and dominant, it's all the psychological play. And that's where I live. I just live in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on the person I'm with, I'm either dominant or submissive. I'm not one or the other. In fact, I can switch with the person depending on the type of day I had or the type of day they've had. Um, yeah, definitely. The more you get to know somebody, the more you can like switch. I hate when I have to be the dominant because they're such a fucking wiener and they can't <laughs> like... If I want to be the dominant, then I want to be the dominant. Yeah. But if you are like forcing my hand because you're just like well, incapable with a pussy, or they don't know. yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of somebody 
being themselves as much as possible. And then if that means that you're like all the time a sub, then what did like what happens? You're just not the right person for them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, it. I think it means they're bad at sex. Like okay. if a guy forces your hand every time, I would me, not say I would not agree with that. If they if they can't do. Really, you wouldn't like? No, I've I dated a submissive for I, less than a year, but he was amazing. Was he, he was amazing? Brenda, but he was a sub people. through and through. Like he did not like taking charge, but whatever you told him to do, he would do well. Really? Yes. Maybe I should just try telling because to be truthful, I know that I have a podcast talking about sex and relationships, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, I feel bad telling people what to do like well i'm like you should do this i'm such a this is such i'm such a theatrical person are you are you (laughs) fucking like oh yeah no 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 no. yes and yes and yes and yes and (laughs) not not in that way but like i feel like it's a game like what can i get you to do how quickly can i get you to do it how far can I make you go before you're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And I'm like, I don't know either. What's the farthest that you've gone where you're just like, oh, fuck, turn back, turn back. Uh, ooh. Mm. Is it poopy stuff? No, I've, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not a fan of any sort of like, like I have hard, like hard limits. Like I don't anything that is bodily fluids that aren't supposed to be there like blood piss poop anything like that out you don't have sex on your period no not even just because it's just messy that's honestly it's not that i'm ashamed it's just it's just messy Do you know one time i had sex with a guy on my period and he when he like pulled back to change positions he saw the blood on my legs and he goes it looks like a blood roar shark test (laughs) that happened to me there was blood everywhere um let's see i knew a guy i we were kind of fuck buddies, but but it's kind of weird for me to say that because we never had sex. But he was really into being saran wrapped. He just mm-hmm. liked being like mummified in saran wrap. And I just wanted to see what would happen. So I would saran wrap him up mm-hmm. and just mummify him. And I would just let him lay in the living room. Did he have a heart on? I don't know. It was He was saran wrapped pretty tight. Can you walk so us through tell. how that comes up? Uh, <laughs> through text. How does it? Because Honestly, I've it comes had guys, up like this. No, I've had guys ask for things, just like stupid text messages, like we should make out. You're like, what? Oh, what are you saying? No. And then they're like, okay, this is what I want. But somebody to be like, do you have saran wrap at your kitchen? In your kitchen? No, no. Do you have enough of it? It's more like sitting on the couch and going like. Because people, here's the thing, people tend to hedge when they're interested in something. They'll kind of dance around it. Oh, yeah. So when I hear that tone, I was like, you know what? You can tell me. And I, that's, that's, I want to be very clear. Even if, if it's a hard limit that I'm not going to be able to provide for you, I still want to know. Yeah, me if, too. If <laughs> even more so. <laughs> Um, and I want to do it without any judgment. I just, it's like everybody's wired differently. And I'm always mm-hmm. surprised with who's into what. Um, sometimes not as surprised, but whatever. <laughs> I wish we would wear it like a name tag around us. I wish it would float on us like this, the kink Hi, we're into. Is, you know, Betty Ann Susan. And I like 
face fucking and I like it when people lick my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, just something I'm like that. I'm gonna tell you. I think that you should just wear it like a little thing. Like I think that's called Fet Life. Yeah, Fet Life. I'm a member of Fet Life. Um, you get like a little. You, you a put little your color. little like I'm into this. Yeah, like what? Oh, the gay group. community was a genius about that because well, they, they have would have the handkerchiefs. handkerchiefs. Oh yeah, the handkerchief things. Yeah, fancy, informative, and like a network. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think they still do that, do they? I don't think so. I, I haven't. Think they have to ask each other Sometimes at South yeah. Beach, you'll see things of of old handkerchiefs hanging out and I never know if it's like somebody holding on to that no they don't ask questions now oh they use grinder and they're part of tribes that's tribes? what they call it tribes yes. so you have never been on grinder no no I um, figure why go it's really cool there's nothing um, for me there yeah you're right they do not want you there <laughs> um, but I signed up on a friend's phone a guy friend so I could see it but you're only allowed to be a member of one tribe and it could have changed in the two years since I've done it. But uh, if you're into hairy guys, you're into the bear tribe. That's yeah. one tribe. Leather tribe, twink tribe, things like that. But they only allow you to be into one. So you're That's meeting weird. guys that also subscribe to that tribe. Yeah, physically, I'm all over the place. Me too. I'm like tall, short, skinny, chubby, whatever. And sexually, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I want to know how kinky people will go. Some people, you know, will not go kinky at all, but I am like willing to. We interviewed that a dominatrix. I can't do, I can't do vanilla. Like, if yeah. you're so vanilla that you're mm-hmm. like, that's part of the fun. Like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I don't know what this is going to bring out of me, but let's do this. Let's I, see what happens. Yeah, I think that certain people are are just to them non vanilla is so vanilla to us. Um, if you have like any sort of, but if you do a weird position, they're like, oh, okay. Uh, you're like, it's just my leg behind the head. Like, it's fine. <laughs> when, yeah. That's not strange. People do that in movies. Um, <laughs> if they do it in movies, it does not weird strange. me it's out not. a little bit because I'm like, what have you been doing with your life? What have you been reading? Well, you're. What Ziggy comic mm. have you been reading for the past 27 Mama years? Duke. I think <laughs> even like the the most vanilla dude still watches this like crazy ass porn, possibly even crazier than the normal guy, but then they won't try it yeah. or they won't talk about it, which I think it may be the, the crux of it, which is not even maybe that they won't do it. They're just like scared or they're not willing to have an in-depth conversation about putting stuff up their bums. You know, I very honestly do not relate to people that cannot openly talk about their sex life. Yeah. Um, that's always a tricky one. I always figure if they're not comfortable talking about it, maybe they're just not comfortable talking about it with me. Because there, I do have three people in my life that aren't my family. They're just really good friends. And I can never, ever talk to them about sex. It makes me so uncomfortable. And it's they have done nothing wrong to me. I love them very much, and but for some reason, I just I can't talk to them about it. It just it's not happening. I met a girl at a dinner party once. Um, it was myself and one other single guy, and then two couples. And it was just our friends. We all had a mutual friend, this guy, and he was married. But then this other couple, the girl I didn't know her. This was my first time meeting her, and so after dinner, all the girls kind of stand together, and all the guys stand together, and they're talking about fucking sports or their dicks or whatever and then we're just talking about i don't know and this girl just makes a comment about another girl who told a story about giving a blowjob 
And I just kind of was like, oh, yeah. Like, I seemed excited. But before I showed too much agreeance with the girl's story about the blowjob, she was like, I mean, who talks about stuff like that to other people? <laughs> and I just was like, mm, yep. Mm, mm. That is the oh, saddest sentence on the planet. I just, it, the, the judgment I felt off her. And I was like, wow, she doesn't even want to talk about stuff that we all go through. Like, it affects she would everything hate this you podcast. Yeah. She would. She would never listen to it. It would be gross to her. I don't have a problem if people are a little bit less uncomfortable. I'm dating somebody who is a little bit less comfortable talking about sex. He understands what kind of person I am, and he is fine with that. But he just doesn't want to have that in- insane conversation. But to me, if you're not, just a little bit, loosen up a little bit. We've all done it. Just talk about it. You don't have to get crazy. Yeah. There's some like mysticism surrounding sex and virginity well, and I, vaginas and dicks. And I remember just about having like a moment of anger. Like, I. So when I was, um, let's see, 13, I was in this program. There was like a college prep program. And it was supposed to be like a summer program where they like give you some high school preparation and tell you how to apply to college. Great program, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I get into it and they bring in a guest speaker, I would say a month into the program. And I was already figuring out very quickly this was not the program for me. It was very racially segregated. All the students were like, it was majority uh, African-American and there was some Latino and a couple other kids. But for some reason, everybody like just magnetized themselves by race. And I was always very comfortable going to anybody, I guess from working from the corner store. Um, so I would talk to everybody and I would have teachers like, oh my God. You're so brave to talk to everybody. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I'm sitting in this auditorium when they bring the guest speaker out. And it turns out it's this Southern Baptist preacher who comes in and tells an entire auditorium full of kids that, you know, what are you doing with your life? And he called by people a... um, ACDC? He's like, all these ACDC people, they're coming up with HIV, and the HIV goes through the condoms, because the HIV is smaller than the con- And I fucking lost my mind. Because one, that's completely not true. And two, he was telling it to a room full of children who Jesus. didn't know. Two of them were already pregnant. Like These were at-risk kids who constantly were talking about sex, never had the right information they're also terrified of like sex but they also want to have sex they also like a a lot of the boys talked about how condoms didn't work anyway why bother using them and then you have this authority figure showing up and validating all your bullshit insane beliefs so i just i stood up and i walked out i couldn't take it anymore and he singled me out when i did that because he could see that i was visibly upset and he goes that girl right there she's walking away from the truth and i just oh shit right like i'm fucking 13 and i turned to a teacher and i was like you this is the life this is the life you want to promote for people you want us to be douchebags like him was this at a public school uh this was at a university oh 
Yeah. Yeah, like was it Houston Baptist University? No, 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 no. That's it. Like this was a program um that was just developed by a non profit and somehow it just escalated to this shit. That is crazy. It was insane. So I quit that program. I mean I I think yeah, I also at a young age (coughs) excuse me, I also at a young age had like an idea of like I don't know what sex totally is, but I know you're wrong. Like I've heard that also the how AIDS is smaller than sperm and how it can get through a condom, um, which has probably destroyed so many people's lives. Um, so I have always been just like, oh, yeah. You, and you do feel that little bullshit. Like I think that's bullshit. Meter kind of going right. off. It's interesting because I don't know. I, I I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about. The the little bullshit kind of meter beeper going off but i think when you're a teenager you don't know how to discern that Mm -hmm. quite yet like you don't know what that voice is you just think it's like this weird doubt that you're not supposed to feel um because you're supposed to be getting along and understanding everything you know like you don't want to be the one person who like doesn't get it well i've always been a combative brat so yeah (laughs) no me too always just been like no that's not right i I still to this day think i'm right about things that i have no idea about <laughs> because my intuition says something it's wrong a lot but uh i've i've been like you like i'm leaving this yeah i knew a girl in health class she said if you like drink a little cap full of bleach you can get pregnant okay um, jesus christ they're so and that's the thing i think that's why I'm, i like talking about sex and mm-hmm. sexuality uh with people because it it helps me it helps me realize it's the more you don't want to talk about it the more bullshit information you have cuz you're only like gleaming little tidbits of information from when like you're trying to avoid it when you're, you're trying to avoid like it bits yeah Brenda we've said it on here so many times that's why we talk about this is to make it normalized like if everybody's secretly thinking it or trying to understand it just talk about it. It normalizes it. It, It's just something we're all yeah. into. Giving people permission to explore who they really are, what they really feel, and then try to find people who accept that and love them for uh-huh. it. Yeah. And that, I, I mean, that's the key to, like, being accepted and to feeling, I think, loved, is to just be more of yourself. Yeah, because there's... Oh, loved. I love you. Yeah, I love you. Oh. <laughs> hey, Brenda, this is what I've learned from you, because we, we, got, we do got to wrap up, but... I really, I kind of thought when I heard you were into kink that you were just like this. I mean, leather mama, dressing up, whipping, but yet you look so sweet and just normal. Thank you. Normal. Uh, I will confess I did have a number of flogs for a number of years. And then an ex took them in the divorce. (laughs) There she is. You got to replenish. Any guys out there that want to help Brenda? Do you only date guys? Yes. Okay. Sadly, uh, she sounds so de- de- so. I would love to be a lesbian. <laughs> um, you already half are. Yeah. Oh, huh. Um, Brit- any guys who want to help Brenda with some flogs, donate to her, bring them to her, buy them with her beforehand. The good leather well, ones. ones. Yeah, and let her use them on you. Thank you. You know, um, Brenda. Wh- where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Mockingbird website. That's uh, MockingbirdNetwork.com. And you can also find me just pretty much posting about everybody else's podcast on uh, on Facebook, uh, Mockingbird. I think it's Facebook.com forward slash 
Mockingbird Network, and you know, just Google me. Google me, fam. Uh, do you know there. that when I met you, I thought you were Indian? Oh, everybody does. How did I think Valdivia was Indian? I was like, oh yeah, it sounds you Indian. Didn't know her last no, name. yeah, I did. I get Indian. Oh. I have I've gotten Alaskan, Hawaiian. I've always thought you were Indian until Connor was like, oh, she's Hispanic. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm dumb. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Relationship. Absolutely. Please write in with uh, when the war and when the radio was um, invented. When were those things invented? When was the war when invented? When did it happen? You know? And uh, also, look at us on Facebook. We have a Facebook relationship podcast and we're going to start doing more live shows so we love you so much and we want to see you there oh also rate and review us on itunes because yes. we're doing that now yeah rate Brenda and got review. us on itunes yeah i'm gonna get that tattoo and we it took three the, it was hard because <laughs> the shit and the genitals and stuff you guys make this worth it please <laughs> alex has to carry this shit and it's a lot and it's heavy on sundays and I just love that I have an excuse to hang out with you guys. It is so nice to just hang out. Structured. Um, also, if people want to be on, if you think you have a unique voice for sex or relationships or you want to come bash your ex-wife or something, I'm open to it. So come, uh, please, contact us on Facebook. We'll see you on iTunes, and uh, I'll see you in my dreams. And in my dreams. Bye. Goodbye. Mocking Bird Network.